In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Sentient Panda, is the one, the only. Travis Rats here on the mic, eat my bamboo too. <laughs> I thought like you if couldn't I couldn't go just like said, wolf, you couldn't just go I, wolf. I could. I was ready to go like oh, or like my animal I went, buddy. I went, podcast panda because it it has look. It's a very limited. I have very niche. Yeah, podcast panda. I wish you were in my brain. My brain was going boom, 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 boom. What does a panda sound like? I, well, I could have just gone, my sentient living rat is Travis Rats, and you could have made... Nope. And it would have been really gross. But you went, you went, you went panda noise. Because <laughs> it's, it's just, what does a panda sound like, do you think? That was me eating bamboo. Well, I, I know that, but I'm well, curious to what it, I've never, I don't, you're closer to China than I am. What does a panda sound like, buddy? It sounds like this, a chicken, the China, the Chinese The chicken. Chinese you chicken. You panda, right. and your brain starts ticking. All right, all right, I can handle that. All right, so, well, ladies and gentlemen, you're on the Comic Soldier Podcast where Travis Ratz and I dive deep into the bowels of comics. Hey, Josh, quick question. Yeah. You ever yeah, watch yeah. You ever watch X-Files with no lights on? Uh, a on. <laughs> Continue. I hope the smoking man's in this one. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're, I like we're, the one uh, where the redhead kid plays a vampire from Sandlot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good one. Uh, I like the one. Isn't Amy Adams? No. What's Amy? Yeah. No, that's not. That's not. She's in. Jillian Anderson. No, I'm thinking of. Or is it Jillian? For the weirdest, for the weirdest reason. I went to the first episode of Smallville, I think, instead of, (laughs) instead of like X-Files for some strange reason. Because isn't Amy Adams in like one of the first episodes of Smallville? Oh, geeks rule the world. I don't know. I never saw Smallville. It's not great. No. I tried to get into it, couldn't do it. And that's after the fact, so maybe at the time it would have been fine. But anyways, you're on the Comic Exposure Podcast. You're listening to Travis, the human panda, and I, as we're talking, as we, we dive into the bowels of comic books, we, we talk pop culture, uh, we do a little book club, and that's what you're with us today. You're on the Comic Book Club episode, where Travis and I, uh, we read uh, Animosity, Volume 1, out on Aftershock Comics uh, by uh, Marguerite Bennett and Raphael De La Torre. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to dive into this one today, but before we get there, Travis, I don't know if you know this or not. If you can hear the calculators just just jamming away in the background, it's tax season here oh, in the United States. All right, it's tax season. I did my taxes today, and it was such a pain to account for all the money we make uh, from the Comic Exposure Podcast. Just That's what the, I've noticed, too. It's really put me into the next tax bracket. Right. The barrels of cash that come in from this podcast, this free podcast we do. Yep. Um, it's insane. Yeah, insane. Listen, if you are out there and you've been thinking about starting a podcast, but you're like, oh, don't. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to do the startup expense, don't worry about it. You make all that back and yeah. then some immediately. Yeah. Immediately. These, micro, these microphones... Have paid for themselves mm-hmm. ten times over. Yeah, ten times over. Ten times because re- we are using tin cans as microphones. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like one of the McElroy brothers with how much cash we make from this podcast. 
my Travis, my Travis and me. This is really DIY, DIY podcast. I mean, we make everything from scratch, from our computers to our microphones. Yeah. We even, these comic books, these don't even exist. We just, it's just Josh and I like just doodling. Yeah. So, I mean, like this is as punk rock as it gets, Travis and I on this podcast. Like, uh, we, like it's like we've gone to separate junkyards and yep. pieced together computers for mm-hmm. this for this whole thing. Uh, and I'm not actually we're not using Google Hangout. We don't use the man to do this no. podcast. It's really just again, just we're just shouting through tin cans across yep. the Pacific Ocean. Yep. A really long piece of string. But again, the startup costs, it doesn't matter because yeah. we've made it made it back. So twine is very cheap these yeah. days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Invest in uh, twine. Uh, tax season, Josh. I got, I got, I got a tax season story for you. Okay, so let's hear it. On the base, uh, on our military base here, they'll do like. Is there an H? Is there a guy in a? Just let me ask. Is there yeah. a guy in a Lady Liberty outfit on the base too, telling you, you to know, do your taxes? You can't hear this on the podcast, but I'm pointing to my nose like charades because you got it right, baby. <laughs> let me hear it, man. Let me. So let they, me hear your sweet story. Basically, it's like a free service here. They'll, they'll yeah. Go in and they have a bunch of guys. They pull from squads and they train them basically how to use TurboTax. So it's stuff I could do on my my taxes are, are very easy. I'm not right. married. I don't own any property. I don't have any kids, right? Um, so that's called uh, the 1040 easy. Is what you got <laughs> exactly. So I go in there and they're like done in 15 minutes. But then the guy's like, "Hey, hey!" And he talks to his buddies and all his buddies are getting around. He goes, "Check this out!" And you go, "How much am I getting back from the federal government? One dollar. One dollar from the federal government. Arizona, <laughs> Arizona taxes." Fourteen dollars. Are you still are you still a resident of Arizona? Yeah, I have to be. Yeah, I have to claim a state. So you, a home. Resident. Okay. I don't want to get into it. I should really be Florida or something like that. I just really don't want to be a Florida citizen. The taxes are really low in Arizona, though. So that's it's probably yeah. not too bad. Yeah, but they were like, "Oh my god, perfect taxes!" And they're like, "Did you plan this?" I'm like, "Yeah." I planned it. That's why I came to you do my easy taxes because I'm so <laughs> I'm so good with numbers that I came in here. Good job, man. I mean, you managed to. I mean, look, with all the money we're making off this podcast, I'm surprised you didn't know the feds more. Well, we can LLC this bad boy and then uh, write off like how much we pay in taxes, right? Do we have to be making revenue, or can we just be calling it a business and this is a business expenditure? No, we definitely could do that. Why aren't we doing that? I don't know. Hey, listen, if you're a fan and and you know like. How this all works? Laws? How I can get these? How I can get these sweet, sweet comics in my hand for free? Because next year I come into that tax office and they're like the the the, the easy. I go nope, nope, not so easy this year, baby. I'm LLC, ComicExposure.com. I need that. I need that big. I need that big thing. I need yeah. that. I need it like serious tax. I need TurboTax Unlimited or whatever it is. You I know need what I mean? TurboMan tax with Arnold Schwarzenegger dresses up in an outfit. It'd be uh, perfect. Jingle all the way. That shit. Jingle all the yeah. way, to, jingle all the way to the bank is what I say. Exactly. Have we filled, throw, enough, have we filled enough banter? <laughs> throw, throw my money from a train. No, wait, is, he's not on that one. That's Danny. The, that's Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester so, Stallone. He's throwing throw my mom. He's train? throwing mommies off trains. Those mommies are then eating fried green tomatoes over in Georgia. <laughs> is Get, Danny DeVito in either of those films? I think Danny. De, is Danny DeVito in Throw Mama from the Train? He might be. I think because it's, it's the. I think it's an it's old. It's the mom. Movie. It's the mom from the Fratellis. Stella Getz or Stella. I don't know. We are off track on this. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So on the podcast today, we'll get to the. Po- We're getting there. I need We're getting shot. there, people. Uh, Travis, drink it because you got spring break, bud. Yeah. That's spring it's a, breaking. It's noon, I think. Almost noon. My spring break was a. My spring break was a while ago. A couple I weeks know. ago. Uh, but I'm back at it again. Jealous. 
I am jealous. Two, another spring break would be great. Yeah. But I got a beer in my hand. It's Saturday night. Uh, so let's get into animosity, buddy. So uh, I don't. Have we ever read anything from Aftershock before? I do not believe so. I was trying to remember, and I was looking at some of the the titles they have on there, and nothing rang a bell. Uh, right. But I, I will say that I, Animosity seems to be their flagship book. It seems to be what their what their you know their their tax deductions are coming from because I think this is what sells the most. I think it's uh it's what's keeping the light maybe what's keeping the lights on there and li- while they're building and and having some of the other books trying yeah, out it, books. Yeah, it it looks like there it looks like there's a couple like there's like some spin-offs of this or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like we'll the... talk about that. That last issue where the art's different, that that becomes its own like it's right. kind of like Fear the Walking Dead versus The Walking Dead. Like, you have right, the right, right, right. story, and then you have, like, the how-did-it-start story. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's dive into this really quick. So essentially what's happened in Animosity, If spoiler alert for the people listening, really just go buy it. It was cheap on Amazon. Pause the podcast. Travis and I will wait. <laughs> and read it. Come back. It's oh, I'm, hey. so, I'm so glad you finished the book. Good yeah, job. Yeah. 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 All right, so. Now, hey, you uh, know what? Your beard looks great. I know it took you a while to read that. Yeah. Beard looks yeah. great. Looks keep good. it. Looks you should good. keep that. You should keep it. It looks good on you. All right. So uh, <laughs> here we go. So in, in this story, essentially what happens is animals become sentient, the sentient. word. I think sentient. I think, yeah, yeah. I think they even use sentient in here. Like, they can, but they can think. Right. So it's not just... They actually can think like humans, I think, is the best way yes. to do it, right? Because I believe that animals can think anyways. I'm pretty sure my cat fucks with me on purpose. I don't think it's like, I don't, like, when he comes in at 2 o'clock in the morning and won't shut up, he knows what he's doing. Oh, your cat's way woke. He's woke. My my cat is definite, definite All the woke. animals in this become woke. They become real woke animals. Right. Um, and I will talk about, like, animal sentientness later. Uh, but so, so basically, you're, you're saying all the animals become sentient in this book, yeah. right? So all the all the animals become sentient, and I, I, like, I guess what we're dealing with is is what happens to the world when that takes effect, right? Because mm-hmm. all the animals then go, "What the hell are you doing to me?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like the cows are like, "You eat us," <laughs> and the the animals in the zoo are pissed. The dogs are pissed. Every like. The, po- animals. the population of the entire Earth, now that everyone's everything is sentient, has like uh, uh, increased by hundreds of billions of of right. sentient like living. They're all living, but like sentient yeah. creatures. Like everybody, like they can talk, right? It's not like they can think, but they can all talk too. Yeah. So like, I don't. I didn't really, but like no insects, right? I didn't see insects because that would be. Do they talk um, about insects? No, I think the closest we get is rats and pigeons, which some people might call the rats of the sky. Uh, they would. They're very they, similar. I don't think insects are, are sentient at this point in the series, at least. Because uh, that would be even crazier, right? Yeah, yeah but, that would but, be too much. It would be. But so, like, this population booms, and so essentially what we're seeing is we're following a girl and her dog as they go through... Uh, as they kind of deal with the fallout of all of this, right? And the, the girl's name is Jesse, and the dog's name is because I'm sure we will Sandor. Jesse and Sandor are our protagonists in this uh, particular volume, for the most part. Right. And do you uh, did when you so when you hear the dog's voice, does it sound like old reliable? 
Is it the dog? Is it the dog? <laughs> now from, it is. Thanks. Is it the dog? Is it the dog from? Uh, is that Lady and the Tramp? No, or, well, my, you, or is it Fox and the Hound? I think it's Fox and the Hound, Fox which I haven't Hound. seen since I was like four years old. So. Right, but like my grandpappy used to say, I think more oh, reliable. As the old dog on crutches in the Robin Hood Fox cartoon. The one yes. Like, oh, I hope you put a, a shilling in my boot. <laughs> or does he, or does the main dog, because it's, it's a hound dog, yeah, right? Like, uh, or like Huckleberry Hound? Yeah, no, well, that'd be great. Or does it sound like, uh, what's the... Um, what's his name? The guy with the big mustache, not Wilford Brimley, oh, yes, but the I handsome know you're talking looking one about from uh, Big Lebowski. Who's like he's it, he's in the, every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roadhouse, he's the cowboy. Yeah, Roadhouse and uh, yeah, yeah, shoot. yeah. I can't think of him, but yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, you got any sarsaparilla? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, let's be that good. All right, yeah, so he sounds like all those things. In yeah, my head now. <laughs> so I, I really like the premise is just fantastic. Right? Yes. Can we talk about how great the premise right. is? So yeah, let's talk about the beginning of it. So <laughs> it, it's it does this thing that uh, I that I think why the Ma- why the last man did, where I think this book and why the last man have some of the best introductions. You open this trade, there is one page of panels where it's like a guy, a vet, and then exterminators coming in, and there's a boy petting a dog. Just the first page. Then you flip the page. And it's a splash page of this <laughs> of these rats saying, "Die, you bastard! Rat bastard! Die, die, die!" As they're eating this exterminator, exterminator. arms, neck, everything like that, all within the second page. The, the and second then, page and then, is a splash panel. And then the next page is every animal, right? Like just animals living. Like it's uh, you know uh, twelve panels, and then. And the very next one, they're all alive, right? Yeah. So it shows and, like and a variety that of animals. For, for six pages of, of no words, basically, uh, a couple of words, and we get to the third series of it. But they 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 use the space. They take the time, you know, to like, right. we're going to make this moment really drawn out and like get you, like you immediately know what's happening. You're like, holy smokes, these animals are alive. And you also get the tone of the book, what the, what the kind of tone it's going to be. Right. And then my favorite part is that those pandas have guns. They have shotguns and they shoot one of the other pandas. It's so ridiculous. Because pandas are guarded because they're like, you know, exotic creatures in zoos. And so they right. grab the shotguns from the guards and they're just blowing each other's heads off. And they say, <laughs> why did you keep us alive for so long? <laughs> so I think... Maybe in the last, like, two years doing this podcast, I think this is the best intro to a trade that I have read in a long, long time. I would agree with you. It sets the tone of the book so well because the book does this really good job of, like, balancing satire. Because it, it, it's got it's got some good satire in it of, like, what's poking what's wrong with humans by showing you animals behaving the same way, Right. And um, the, the hypocrisy of it all, you know. Right, and then, you know, there's like a little, a, a touch of social commentary, but there's some humor in it, and some gore, and it... Heart, man, like, I... Yeah! There's one of, one of those, there's a bunch of funny panels when they become, when all the animals become sentient in the first um, six pages, but there's one where the, where the woman's putting her dog down... And then the dog immediately becomes sentient as he's given the shot to put him down. And he says, don't cry, I understand, and I forgive you. 
And I'm just like, oh, God, that is, right? that gets me, man. That gets me real, right it's, in the feels. It, right, as someone who just had to put his dog down, yeah. like, like right after Christmas, I'm like, oh, oh I man. know, I know, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, did my, I, I had to put my dog down like two years ago, and reading this book was hard because I'm like, I want a pet again. Right? And there's just, there's just all this, like, the first couple pages, it is, it's very much like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's weird. Like the two birds, like, I still love you, Kevin, but I just, I just feel pressured to have children. And I don't think I was ready. And then like, that's like the two birds breaking up. Like, it's just. Or how about the rooster who's, who's like raping this hen and then the hen right? turns and she goes, no more roosters. <laughs> Brilliant. I, 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 I dare you, if you haven't read this and you're listening to this podcast, I dare you to read the first six pages and tell me you aren't interested in reading more of this book. Right? Yeah. And literally. Because you, you and I, we read a lot of, we read a lot of trades for this book. And I, you know, I, I read trades on my own that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that. But really, this one was like, I was like, oh, it seems like an interesting concept. But as soon as I got through literally those first six pages, I was like, Yep, I'm on board. Tell yep. me whatever story you want to tell me with this, it right? Lasts, like it lasts that that they they can they they can coast for a while on those six first six pages, right? I will if I was buying this in single issued, I would buy the next four no matter what happens because of that of that brilliant start, right? You want to find that you want to see what that first arc looks like, and and I I really it's an interesting way to deal with this, and uh, really let let's talk about. Uh, the story, our main characters, we've got, uh, you know, Jess and her dog. Is it Sandor? Is that yeah, what you like? Sandor, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jess and her dog, as they make their way through, like, it it almost becomes post-apocalyptic. It's, it's, like, right? a, it's like a road. Cormac McCarthy is the road. Yeah. It's a road trip, post-apocalyptic road trip story, which I think is becoming its own genre in its own with McCarthy, uh, the road as, like, the template right. for the modern post-apocalypse uh road trip right and, and, and it's really very much like everybody kind of dies around them right like yeah. uh their their mom uh like jesse's mom and then is that jesse's stepdad or her dad dad? it's her stepdad uh because yeah, her... she has an older brother who's uh half black and yeah you see like the father in the hospital dying at some point so that's yeah, right jesse's uh, the youngest uh child in her family uh and her dog is sandor and uh, he's one of the first creatures that becomes sentient that we meet. And you, it's like that he, their relationship is the classic ma- man's best friend. Like it's, it's her dog from a puppy. And he, this dog is so loyal to Jesse. Like is right. even when all the other animals are turning and like deciding whether they want to be team human or team animal, Sandor is unwaveringly, jesse's best friend and protector and that does not change right and then her dad's kind of like that stepdad's kind of a jerk every once in a while and then you see the whole like almost the whole entire story right and then you see like uh you know like sandor like he's like the like fighting the dad over at one point and there's there's this really kind of um one of the things i thought was interesting i mean there's so many ways to take this so many things to explore but um, uh, Bennett decides to focus on the jealousy between the stepdad, I mean, jealousy between the dad and uh, Sandor, because right. they are both like father figures in Jesse's life, which is okay when Sandor's just a dumb dog, 
But when Sandor becomes sentient and can speak, now there's this jealousy between Jesse's father, which is a really interesting... Yeah, it's just this sort of like... It's very much like... Uh... I mean, it probably follows that same like dad stepdad thing, like right, like yeah. My my, you know, my my, I've I've been divorced, and you know, my daughter has a stepdad, and uh, has had two of them, and um, I I like, I can I get it, like I get that sort of like oh, there's someone else who's gonna be who's gonna talk to my daughter and yeah. who is gonna like guide her through things, and you know, I can see how how, how like that guy was like. This isn't cool. Yeah, I, right? didn't, I didn't even think about it like that. You're right. And, like you would have like a like a greater insight into like what those. For me, I'm just like this guy's a dick. He's got she's got two dads now. It's like Paul uh, Reiser and or whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, my two dads, yeah, Paul Reiser. Uh, and but like, but then I go like, then it turns out to be that. You, how do you know if you can trust the the animals? Because all of them have like all around you. These animals are like killing people and doing all this stuff, and so. How can you trust the animal that's by your side? Well, and it's it's funny. The book is called Animosity, uh, and because when the when the animals wake, the overwhelming majority of them, their first instinct is revenge. Like that's yeah. all the animals. I mean, that's that's. I mean, think about if all the animals were to come sentient people. Do you think that would be like their first instinct? Yeah, because we're just. They spend well, not all of them, but some of them, right? Like, yeah. Uh, how many cows do we murder, right? Or like the cows would definitely be the most pissed off, right? You would think so. Those cows would be pissed. The chickens, the chickens too. Yeah, yeah. The chickens, yeah, cows the chickens, chickens is coming home to roost. Literally in this book. And literally, also, yeah. That's what the tagline to this book should be: the chickens are coming home to roost. It's like a chicken with a shotgun. <laughs> cluck, cluck, motherfucker. Chicken. Uh, <laughs> so I. The premise of the book is a very, it's something I never had thought about, right? Yeah. Like, it's a premise I hadn't thought of before. The it's a really interesting. Of it. Like a wide ass man, you don't think about the small implications of that. Right. Like, it's a huge amount of stuff. And they do a really good job of, uh, of, of painting this world for us, right? Like, how do animals end up, because they don't have opposable thumbs. Right. Right. So, how do they end up being a real threat? And you just think, well, sheer number. Right. And yeah, the fact yeah. that they're bigger than us. And then there's like all of these pieces and you're like, okay, that moose has uh, guns like, attached. I knew it was going to this. That moose has guns on its, on its antlers and like raccoons pulling squirrels, the triggers. Little squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> and, the and then squirrels like, are so evil. They're like, yes. don't move motherfucker. <laughs> and then the dogs have like extra metal jaws Mandibles on them. And, make yeah. It like, like even more vicious. And the koala is like, He's got like a do rag, like Vietnam koala. Yeah, we'll talk, just... we'll talk about favorite animal design in a se- favorite <laughs> sentient animal in a, in a second. Yeah, um, but I think as far as plotting wise too, I think what Bennett uh, does a really good job with is you have she's telling this global the, the global implications of of this right. uh, awa- awakening, I believe they call it. Uh, but also, there's still the personal story of Sandor and Jesse, and I think it's balanced pretty well. I, I think. Um, we 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 pretty much follow our main protagonist, but Bennett isn't afraid to turn the camera left and right to show you, like when they're at the park, all the other animals. That's one of the great scenes is when they're all right. at the park and and the animals are 
are deciding whether they want to live or die, and they're they're hawking you know like Adderall and, and antidepressants and shit like that. Right. Um, and so it's it's like the camera's kept on Jesse and um, Sandor, but she does a really good job of just moving it around enough so you get a sense of the larger implications when it comes to the politics of the senator and the moose, the animal council, and all those right. things. And well-paced for doing both those things. I feel like, yeah, this, it, I feel like this trade uh, tells enough story that I get this is going to be an epic journey. Uh, and sometimes uh, you don't, like for road trip stories, especially in comics, sometimes it takes like two trades for the road trip aspect and the epicness to really take shape. And I feel like in this, that epicness and that road trip scale is there from the first trade. Well, I think I think what the story does is a good job. It does a good job of saying like, no, we're just going to time jump this, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to show you the world collapse. We're going to show you the beginning of it, and then we're going to hop to like a year later they've been on the run, right? Uh, and then we'll fill in the gaps. You know, like there's a there's a um, there's an episode that's like, how does she get Sandor? Or in the episode, there's an yeah. issue where it does that flashback, and so. I think that's one of the things that you can do with a story like this, and and you know, we can. I mean, we talk about like how whenever why the last man needed to switch artists, right? Like they would tell you a side story, yeah, yeah. right? I figure like it doesn't happen in this one, but you could. I could really see how if you're going to do this book, you go okay. Well, whenever we want to do a, whenever we need to fill an artist, let's let's write a flashback in, right? And you kind of get that in the last issue here because it tells the it tells the story of like what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah it tells that's a story. Animosity. The it's a whole separate series. It's called Animosity: right. The Rise, I think. Right, and so you get to see. I mean, it starts in that same location with the rats attacking, you know, Joe. They really right? do take a lot from the way that The Walking Dead has structured their series, where they'll just jump like six months to a year. Uh, well, they're, they'll break off their story into like, okay, here's our main arc, and then here's our our side story that you can also follow if you want. You don't need to read that right. to understand the main story and vice versa, but they're both there. So they're really building um, – the studio seems to be really – Aftershock seems to be really building a world around this title. Right, and I, I wonder like – so I, I haven't read any beyond this. I'm really intrigued to get the next couple trades. I'm going to be I'm honest with you. as well, yeah. Um, because I, it'll probably be my it'll probably be my summer read. I'll yeah. go. So I've got two things I want to do. I want to catch up and read because Black Science is ending. So I'm just going to read. How many I'm just are gonna there get, now? That five, six, six, oh, something man. like that. Because there's be, no, there's be a nice binge. Oh, I think there's uh, I think there's going to be 40, 50 or fifty some issues or, so, or something. Like, anyway, go to sixty. Go to sixty. Black Science. It's you know it's, it's something like that. It's, yeah. It might be sixty, but it, but so like I want to uh, I want to catch up on that. So I figure. That series is about to end. I think there's only a couple issues left. So I figure like that's my vacation read is uh, is is I want to get through Black Science and then I'm going to get the rest of this or yeah, at least I what's think, out of this. I think right? there's like four already. Right. And yeah. so I don't know anything about about what happens after this. But do you think if you jump too far ahead and Jesse's no longer a, a young girl a saga? Right. If Jesse's no longer a young girl. Because at some point, I mean, dogs die, right? Yeah. So that that's going to be a poignant moment in this, and so you can't jump too far ahead in this story. Because I, I wonder, I think was that to, they're going to go meet the stepbrother? I think they're going to. I think that's, that's what that's thing. what I mean. Yeah. So that one year jump is probably our longest jump because I don't think you can do a lot more than that. 
I agree. Yeah, it's actually that's actually a really astute point. Yeah, because, because you, the dog is have that has that lifespan, and also right. like you don't want to jump too far because the figuring out the politics and new politics of this world and the the rogue factions like you don't want too much stability in a road trip a post apocalypse thing. You want that stability right. to be to be you know building. Right, and I think it works right now because you have like. All of these post these road trip things work when you can put yourself in with the people on the road trip, right? And we don't understand the world, and that works really well when you're when the protagonist is young, right? Right, because they don't understand the world anyways. They really wouldn't have been able to navigate it if it were normal, right? And so it really kind of it really very much puts you in that place of. Not knowing how to navigate it, right? She has it, her. She has her threshold guardian, Sandor, who's yeah. also figuring out. He's trying to figure out how to become, be a human. So he's going through his own personal journey. Right. And then you know, uh, Jesse's trying to figure out how to live in this animal world. Um, and it makes for a nice. Those two play off each other really nicely. They're they're conflicts. Yeah. I did really like this idea of like there are animals that work with the people and animals who are kind of. You know, fight. Like there's there's animals that have decided to s- decide with the humans. I call, and the them, animals... I call them Uncle Tomcats. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And then animals, animals who are very much against humanity, right? Yeah. And there was a little scene in here with like the the suicide I bombers. Call those, I call those Chairman Mouse. That's good. That's good. So good. So there's this the revolutionaries. Chairman Mouse or Chairman Meows. Chairman Meows, yeah. And Uncle Chairman Meow. And, and, and Uncle Tom, Tom Cats. Cats. To keep with the cat analogy. Uh, that's <laughs> so, it, folks. And we're done. And we've hit it. So I told I, you, I, tequila always works for Puck. It does. So I, 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 I found that all very interesting. And then the little scene with the suicide bomber, uh, and it's a human suicide bomber. Like, I automatically was like, Oh, it's gonna it's an animal suicide, right. right? But it's it's a guy who's like yelling human rights, human rights. I thought um, that really that interesting. Was, I thought that was a paced a little bit too quickly. I think we needed a couple extra pages on that. Maybe they'll go back to that and explain that a little bit more. But I feel like when Jesse is about to be like trampled or like blown up, and then the dad comes in, and there's I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's some stuff between him and the dog. I felt like the pacing of that. I, I felt like it went really quick and. It, it leaves us on that issue of a, of a cliffhanger, and then we had that time jump. Uh, and I so I thought that whole right. like the, w- between the moose talking to the senator, and then that rally, and why w- why were they there to begin with? You know, like Jesse and Sandor and her parents. Like I feel like that got a little bit like we just got to get through this plot point. But uh, I do like the idea of there being a human council and then like an animal council out there. Right, and I'm sure I'm sure they get back to it because it, it, like that. It's always, I feel that they do a really good job of putting all this stuff in the background, right? Like mm-hmm. you had mentioned that, how like our, our, our the camera lens is on, uh, you know, Jesse and Sandor, but then we see all the stuff going on in the background and we never get too far away from them. Right. And that's really, that's really good, right? Yeah. Like it really anchors you to what's going on. And, and I think that that makes the, that gives the story where, you get to have that heart, right? Because you're not just, 
you're not just dealing with random people the whole time. You're, you're, you're seeing how they deal with, with this change. Right. And also, since it's a, you're absolutely correct. And also, since it's a road trip story, we don't want to be seeing what's happening in Seattle. We want to we have the patience and the anticipation to get there with Jesse and Sandor. Like, we're, right. we're on this journey with them. We don't want to be like, how is it affecting Canada? How is it affecting Mexico? We, we want to, to view all these places with our main characters, even though I want right. to know what's going on now. But, you right. know, as, as, as but, it, but it does a really good way to tell the story when, when, you, get to, when you get to pace it out yeah. like that. Very flashlight. It, you can only see, like, so much at right. time, yeah. And I think that was one of – I mean, you mentioned Why the Last Man, and, and, and this does remind me a lot of Why the Last Man. Right, because Why the Last Man is a it is a perfect road yeah. trip story. It is. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's yeah. It is the perfect road trip, like the end of the world. What do we do, sort of thing? And uh, this very much has that same feeling, although the story is very different. Yeah. Right. But it, it it it. I feel like it owes a lot to something like Why the Last that Man, comes or that, or the sure. or the Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Like. The way The Walking Dead is paced. Although I will tell you right now, uh, and that's that's what I, I what I hope doesn't happen is continual like trope, Walking Dead trope borrowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, the trope borrowing, and then Walking Dead just got it's like, oh, we found a new good place. Oh, that good place is bad. Oh, we found a good we found a new good place. Oh, now that fell to shit, right? right. Like, I, that doesn't happen in Why the Last Man. No, it doesn't. There's an ultimate goal. There's an ultimate end to this thing, right? And that's that was that's the kind of thing where I go like, okay, Not that's for good. these guys. This is holding up their whole. This is holding up their whole right? studio. There's no. I guarantee there's no end to this in sight. But it's it, but like I'm just saying, like it does tell a really good story uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, let me let's talk about the the tone of this because yeah, uh, you know, you think anthropomorphized talking animals you think like like maybe this is going to be like something you could give a kid this is not something you can give a kid uh they make that very clear in that second page where like die rat bastard die (laughs) there's a lot of language in this there's a lot of gore in this there's a lot of adult situations in this but because of its it's still very much it's very inconsistent we'll talk about art here but uh, i feel like there is an inconsistency sometimes in the art, I feel, in it being polished. Because there's not a lot of... The panels are really big. There's there's not very many panels on a page. Uh, it feels like, you know, you're looking at... Sometimes you're, you're dealing with four panels on a page. There's a lot of splash pages. So it feels, in its layout, it still feels very... I don't want to say amateur. That's not the right word. But the layouts, the panel layouts are well, very yeah, they're, they're, basic. They're definitely very they're, basic. Yeah, I would say it's nothing. I mean, the panel layouts aren't super inventive, but I think they. I think it fits the. <clears throat> it's very workmanlike, right? Yeah. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I, it's no. it's a very like, it's very much comics, right? Because they're not trying a story to, to tell, and so you right. want to show as much as you can in the panel and move on. And they're and they're not doing they're not. I I would say that it's it's not a lot of inventive panel stuff, but I don't think it needs to be right. Like you can go back. If again, if if you go back and look at why the last man, why the last man is very much stock, right? It, there's not a whole lot of weird layouts and that, you know what I mean? And so, but I think one of the things. Do you want to jump into art, or do you want to talk about our? You want to talk, talk about, about our, our our animals? First? Our, 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 
Let's go. Let's go to art, and I'm sure that'll get us to like who is your, what okay. was your favorite artistic rendition. All right. So uh, art, I think, and this is just like. I actually thought I'm going to tell you, like, I haven't read anything from Aftershock before. I know that it's, you know, it's a it's a minor, you know, it's one of the smaller companies. Um, I wasn't ex- like we looking at a lot of indie stuff. I, I didn't know that I would be like impressed with the art, but I thought the art was really good for what this is um it, for it being on, you know, again. And, and I don't mean that again. It, I, I'm trying not to sound oh, yeah. dismissive, say, yeah. but. I expected worse. Does that make sense? Well, because, I mean, these are startup studios. And, like, you, right. think, you think, like, oh, if you have a good artist, you have good art in the book. No, there's a lot of, like, rendering. There's a lot of processing that has to be involved. There's the pages. There's the print. There's the coloring. These can all have an effect on art. And oftentimes, uh, burgeoning studios like this, it takes them a few years to develop their style. And so sometimes... Like I, I was expecting worse too, and yeah, and I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like yeah. I really do, like I just mean like it's an indie studio, and I've read some indie stuff before where I go like, oh, that's a really good story, but I didn't really love the art. I think I really dug it. I think the only thing that that didn't hit for me was some of the, some of the coloring. It's like when it's a, I was about to say the same thing, but it's kind of like when like Fat Records, like you have like three hundred, you know, like little garage bands of Fat Records, but every now and then you'll have like a no effects album that's produced like this can be on the shelves with the rest of this could be on the shelves next to, you know, right. Prince album. And it still has that same oomph to polish it. to it. Yeah. This does have a lot of polish to it, but I think like my issue with the coloring is my issue with a lot of digital, digital coloring. Digital. It, no, I don't like it. But you know what? I, I I'm going to tell you what, um, the art for the awakening one or whatever it is, the, the, that yes. extra book. Mm hmm. I loved it. I thought it was super indie and and it was definitely different. I think I like the coloring on that more because it was a little more flat. The coloring, well, it was flat and then it was uh, emotional. Yeah, it was all because yeah, it was reds, the blues. It, it was and... based on it. It told a little more emotion with each with each panel. It was a little. It's a little more punk rock, and you know, I love me some punk rock art. Like yeah. Yeah, this. Is, but I did. But I really did. Was real. Was real. Kind of. Yeah. It's just really digital. And those those covers, ugh, the covers you know, I be... I thought some of the covers were I thought some of the covers were. There's one where she's riding a uh, um, a moose or not a moose. A, uh, she's on a buffalo and she's got like a helmet on. That it looks great. like she's yep. That one's that's that's a really good cover. I, I think like I think my uh, my only I, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think my only my only thing is uh, the coloring. I didn't I didn't love the coloring. A whole lot, but I think that's more my own personal taste with with what I like for coloring. I mean, this is some really quality stuff. I mean, I've seen DC books that are very terrible, and so, like you said, this this is something that could sit with all that stuff. And dude draws a ton of animals and does a good job drawing all these different animals, right? Right. That's like, got to be the number one criteria for this guy, right? Like if they're going right. to pair him up with Bennett, is uh, let's give him a name instead of a common guy. Uh, uh, De, uh, De, La Torre. De La yeah. Torre. De La Torre does a really like he manages to draw all these animals and manages to like humanize them even though they still look like animals right you know because like a lot of times when we get when you get a book where animals are the main characters they look a little more cartoony like or you give yeah right you give them a little more human look to humanize them 
but he doesn't like De La Torre does a really good job of humanizing these animals without making them walk on two legs, without making them they're not dressed up. You know what I mean? Like they're not wearing clothes, and he still manages to humanize them in their facial features really well, right? Yes, like you very, can very well, yeah, right. You can see. Uh, the one dog that's been lobotomized. That's what I was just thinking of. Is like that 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 splash page or that or that panel is so like it tells everything. That dog's emotion. Yeah, it's a splash page here. You're just like yeah, it's you could tell it's been lobotomized. It's got that the and then the way the, the eyes are kind of sunken in, you know, and everything. Right. It's really really well done. Right. It does a really good or does a really good job of of kind of showing his skill off with, with, with all these different animals. Cause I, I can't imagine, look, man, drawing those back legs is tough. And he managed to draw, he draws like a freaking goat. He draws a uh, bison. He's got wolves. He's got, you know, and they're scary when they need to be like that. That tiger scene is legitimately scary. Yeah. The addition of that tiger. Um, right. The, the tiger and the, you know, and the, uh, the alligator fox. when they get, yeah. when and they, the, yeah. The alligator. When they get on the subway, right? Yeah, and then the fox, when the fox is like, you did it, screw you, animals attack. You're like, oh, snap. Right? Uh, one of the really good ones, one of the ones I think he does really good is, you know, you've got the polar bear in three panels, right? So at the very beginning, you've got the polar bear about to eat the seal, and then as he's biting the seal, he becomes sentient, and you can see his eyes, and he's like, Oh shit! Right, yeah. <laughs> and then the next time he looks so sad. Oh my god, what have I done? Right, like that's a perfect. It's a perfect three-panel beat for what to show this animal come to life, right? And he does it without making the animal look like a cartoon. He does it without like Hanna Barbering, like. <laughs> Hanna-Barbarizing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Oh, I like that. I like how you turn. I like, I like what you did there. Now, do you think that Bennett has some sort of agenda with this book, or is, or is she figuring out this world as she goes? Like, is she, you, you think if you met her, she would be like a like a staunch like vegan like no, animal I, rights person, I don't. Or do you think she's it, just kind of like going through like exploring the implications of it? It's not preachy. Yeah. A book like a book with this premise could get real preaching, but it doesn't. And I think like that's one of the things that's enjoyable too is it doesn't feel I feel like it hints at a lot of things, right? It talks about I think the interactions between the animal army and the human army give you a sense of like how we interact in actual war, right? right. Yeah. Um the way we deal with, you know, the relationship between uh, Sandor and Jesse and her stepdad give you a look at how we interact with people that we're jealous with or we don't know that we can trust. And so I don't know that I don't feel it has an overarching eating animals is bad. The way we treat animals is bad. I don't get that sense from it, uh, but it it doesn't seem overly messagey. Again, like I hate to bring a why last man, but why last man is a story with mostly woman characters written by a man. And right. like it didn't feel, it it just felt like, I'm this. Here's a hypothetical. I'm gonna put it on page one, and then the rest of the series is just playing out this hypothetical. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let the right. characters tell the story. But I would also say like there's message in why the last man too. But it's it's again it's not, it's not overly. It doesn't it doesn't hit you over the head with the message. Oh, dude, right. I want to read. I want to reread why the last man again. I think that might be a summer read for me again too. It's just get. 
break down, get those big omnibus volumes, you know, those beautiful big pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, but so, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really like the animals. Uh, he does a really good job of, like I said, humanizing those animals in the story and kind of making you making you care about them in a different way, right? And, like, telling a story with them that I, I thought was really interesting. So what's your so, favorite animal design? My favorite one, I already said it. It's when the moose has the... When the moose has the uh, the guns in its antlers, and the squirrels are like have strings attached to the the triggers so they can shoot the senator or whatever. That that's is. I mean that's brilliant. That's I, I I I hope there's more stuff like that, like creative use of like how animals would team up to like to fix their weaknesses. You know, it's like, right. All right, I I got hooves. All right, so I'm kind of trapped here, but I'm big yeah, as shit. Uh, right, <laughs> you got little and, like, squirrel my, hands. My, my antlers are great for fighting other things with antlers, but they don't do very well against guns, right? Yeah. And, like, the tortoises with the rocket launchers on their back were pretty great, too. My favorite was the koala. I liked the, yeah. the koala. I didn't know koalas were carnivores, but apparently they are. This koala is really upset about eating tofu. He's like, you're giving us tofu? Well, maybe now that he's sentient, he's like, I'm tired of being drugged out on eucalyptus, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of just eating eucalyptus. It, it's, it poisons me. And that's why I'm so slow and angry all the time. Is that really what happens to koalas? Yeah, they can't eat eucalyptus. Like, they're, you're not supposed to eat it. It's not good for you. So that's like, they eat it, but they can digest it. But that's the only thing they eat, but they shouldn't eat it. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So that yeah, when, not, when they're just munching, they're just getting high. They're just like yeah, like I, I think it, I don't yeah, it's, it doesn't. I don't know if it makes them high, but it's like not good for them to eat it. But they, that's the only thing they eat. I heard they're really violent. I heard they're like really. Like, I heard they're angry. I had a, I had a friend who was in Australia, and like they had to hold one. And I guess it was like they got to hold one, but it was really angry. Oh, they're definitely um, going to Australia sometime in this in this trip, right? Because like <laughs> the weird ass animals that are over devil. there. Yeah, like like or they come across or they come across a zoo that that was like. Uh, Australia and America, mate, or yeah, something like that, like right? Kangaroos are like, hey, mate. Yeah, <laughs> drinking Fosters and shit, like did everything. You, did did you see? Did you see that video? The the uh, the guy had like a body cam on, and he was uh, he was skydiving and he or parasailing or something like that, and he landed, and a kangaroo comes and attacks him. Really? Like yeah, like he lands somewhere and he just, and he goes, just hopping out, just like he boom, goes boom. Yeah, he goes, oh, look, look, a kangaroo. And, look, it, like, attacks him, like, <laughs> freaking punches him. And so he punches the kangaroo back, like, kicks at it to get it away but from him. But he's still strapped into his... Yeah, his he literally just lands. He's got the parachute on, and he lands. And as he's landing, this kangaroo, like, you see the kangaroo, like, book to him, and then it attacks ah, him. I love to imagine that kangaroo, like, hanging out with his kangaroo friends, like, what's that? Don't worry, I got it. Yeah. Pam. This is my house. Like, it just goes at him. But I, it was I wanna, a super. I want a, I want a New Zealand uh, kiwi. Uh, right. <laughs> well, yeah. So here's my question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What animal would you be most worried about coming alive? Well, I'll tell you what. You live in you live in Japan, so I'm curious. Like, what what what's your well, where you're at? Obviously, Gojiros. Obviously, <laughs> obviously in Japan, we're worried about Gojiros. Gojira? Gojira. So, I, like, Ma what Ma is an animal that's around all the. Where? What? Okay, so I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna lay it on the table that I don't. You don't know what I don't know how in, different it is. I don't know how your animal species are different in Japan than they are here. Not very. Just different names. 
We're like we're like North South Carolina longitude and latitude, and also like animal style. Okay. Right. I would yeah. say um, tanukis. Are you worried about the tanukis? No, no th- those things are just like they're they're, they're, they're ugly raccoons. raccoons right? Yeah. Um, I'll, these would you raccoons. be worried about if they came alive though? Yeah, they're n- they're not going to be like the sweet raccoons. They're going to be more like they're like more like the the boar of raccoons. Like, okay. You know the sloppier raccoon. These yeah, but Mario got to be a tanuki. Oh, that's right. They did call him a tanuki. They didn't call him because yeah. it was yeah, it's designed yeah. in Japan. Tanuki Mario. Yeah, fuck Mario. <laughs> um, these cranes, though, they look majestic. There's a bunch of them around my house, so I'll go jogging, yeah. and they'll just like they'll go, they'll fly like. How big are they? From, they're pretty big. They're pretty big. And as we know from the Karate Kid, you know, oh, yeah. when it comes to fighting, yeah. they're like pop, 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 pop. What I about you? Also, various snakes. I feel like would be yeah. always. Evil. I'm worried about my own cats coming to life. Yeah, right. Because I, I think we treat them they pretty almost, well. They almost outnumber you. Right. They do almost outnumber us. Yeah. I I like our cats, but, like, we make them shit in a box. Mm-hmm. And so, and, like, the box has poop in it for a while. Now and you shit in a box. You're like, okay. Right? Like, I'm worried, like, how does it, like, they just fill my toilets with cat sand? Right? Like, that's, that's what they, I wake up one morning and that's what they've done is just filled. Like, you do it. You yeah. poop. No, you poop, you you poop, poop in, in the box. Poop in the you box. You poop in the box. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Uh, but, so, I, I, like. Living in Arizona, coyotes, coyotes, coyotes. Yep. I was on a run. Speaking of you and your cranes on a run, I was on a run one time, and there's a there's a cornfield near our house because Gilbert hasn't paved everything over yet, uh-huh. and so corn corn was high, and so I run through the field, and then there's a tractor line that runs through the middle of it, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm running. I go to turn the tractor line, and there's a coyote, and not like a scrawny, like. I'm not surviving coyote, but this was like a coyote that lives in a cornfield and eats some big ass birds all the time. Right. And so it was a big coyote. I turned the corner and I see him and I'm like, Oh no. Right. And I'm surrounded by corn. So I can't, the, the coyote like looks at me, we lock eyes and then he bolts back into the cornfield and I'm like, I have to run through a cornfield. There's no like, (laughs) Nowhere am I that I'm not going to run where I can't see where this thing is. So I literally took my headphones out and ran without my headphones for the half mile through the cornfield, like just listening for the smallest sound of the coyote. It went went to go get its friends and it's like, oh, we're going to eat some nerd tonight. Right. We're going to eat some nerds on the the menu tonight. We're we're filling up. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say coyotes. I I can smell the the pizza in his sweat. A javelina's got to be angry. I don't think I'd want to mess with those. That's an animal I don't want to mess with if it comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would say that I'm excited to see the creativity that comes out of this book as we meet more animals, as the right. animals, as time goes on. And, like, the animals have already started, like, wearing, like, punk rock jackets. And, like, right, bandanas. the goat with the punk jacket. So right. I yeah, wanna, I want to see that kind of develop. Um, but who put that jacket on the goat? Yeah. Because a goat that, couldn't that put his vet, own jacket on? That, that vet character we haven't talked about, the guy who is, like... Um, but did he put it on it? Yeah. That, that guy was, put that jacket. That was that goat? That jacket, did the goat ask him to put it on it, no. or was he like the goat was asleep? That's and he's like, like, oh, you know, to look cool. Yeah, that's like with a jacket on he his does. goat. Like he pranks now, it, like by putting that accoutrement on him. Did the goat? Do you think the goat sounded like Adam Sandler's goat? Yeah, it's like you fucking old kids. I'll kill you every time I get this goddamn. 
get off this oh, truck. You really, you really whizzed that one at me. Oh, <laughs> oh you got a, a button hooked me. <laughs> Going to the Ragu Festival. Oh, now I can't. Now I'm going to hear it. Like, as the, <laughs> even though I think it's like a, a, a female goat in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh... <laughs> so, and so really here's, he, it really whizzed me there. <laughs> Going to the Ragu Festival. So I um, I am totally on board to read this. Yeah, me too. I didn't know that I would be. Uh, I was like, oh, it's an interesting premise. Let's check it out. We haven't read anything from Aftershock before. It'll get us away from, you know, the big two in Image. And, I, you know, like the last couple books we read Petite, which is definitely something out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let's just read something. Let's go with something a little, you know, off the beaten path it again. And... um. I dug it, man. It's, yeah. This might be one of my favorite. Uh, this might be one of my favorite reads in a while. Yeah, uh, I, I, I ordered them off. Uh, I ordered a bunch of comics like, around Christmas time, and this was one of the ones in there. I think I saw it on a list, and I, I got to those first four pages, and I was like, "Oh, we're doing this book." I don't. I don't even care how it ends. We're gonna. We're gonna. These first four pages are like worth. Right. Are worth. That's it. Uh, That's all I need. Uh, so are we. I can't believe we didn't mention last. Last Animal Awakening. I want to mention is the orca whale who professes his love to his trainer. Did not see that one coming. I thought the Orca Whale no. would have gone a different route, but the Orca yeah. Whale is totally in love. I mean, they do get a lot of kisses, though. Like, those those trainers are constantly like, you know? Yeah, definitely like... like. I feel like, their... I feel like the Orca would have been, like, the most... had the most animosity, you know? Like, black after right? seeing... Right, I... I wonder if the Orca Whale has seen Blackfish. Probably not. I don't know. Do they wheel TVs up to the Orca glass? Probably. And, but like I thought, I definitely thought that whale's gonna eat her. Yes, me too. But it's like, but then I guess say. like that would have been normal, right? Like the whale would normally have eaten somebody. Jessica, so I, I can't ignore <laughs> these feelings any longer. You complete me, <laughs> right? Perfect, perfect. So here's 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 what I want to know, Travis. Here's what I don't know. Favorite panel. Favorite panel. What's your favorite panel, buddy? Oh, there's a lot of good things in here. Um... Uh, I really liked. I I talked about it earlier. I really liked when that when that it's just because the 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 dog being put down and yeah. then we have the balloons of it. I I don't think like funny wise or artistically maybe it's the best panel, but like that one got me and it was set up through through three pages and I was just like oh. The dog's previous face when it becomes sentient, it looks up at its master. Oh, so Josh, tell me what your f- favorite panel is. So i i was gonna I was gonna take something from the uh, the rise one, but I don't want to do that because I don't think it's fair because it's not really the main story. Um, but there is a really good one there where the dolphins come alive, and that dolphin looks pissed as yes. hell. I was gonna go with yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna go with that because I just love that that look on that dolphin's face. That's a good uh, shout out to that issue though, because it is a different. It, that, yeah. that is, I, you know what? Let's let's stick with that one. I'm gonna do that one. I think one of my favorite panels. I really did dig the more uh, the super indie art that came out on uh, on this last one, and also there's a giant fruit bat which is pretty rad that's hanging in his uh, hanging in his closet. The rat, uh, but the, the rat machine looks pretty awesome at the very last page too. The rats, are right, like, right. Apparently, the rats are like the the, the machinacious rats in this in this book, right? Uh, I do love. Shit. I do love that the that the dolphin comes out of the water and is like, "Women, give us your women!" Like the dolphins are just they're just horny on Maine, like notoriously the, rapey animals, man. 
And so the dolphins are all about coming out for the women. Uh, but I just thought that that dolphin's face looked so angry. It looks like it was a, it was a, I, it really made me go, okay, I dig the art that we're going with uh, in this, in this next book. Um, so I really did like that. That's the top of, I don't know, it's probably the third page, third or fourth. Now I guess it's deeper than that. Six pages into that, that last extra issue that's in here. That I really dug. I thought that art was really cool. A good nod to the other artist on here, uh, whose name I didn't say earlier. It's uh, Juan Doe is the artist on on the on the rise. So really dug that one. Thought it was really good. Travis, would you recommend? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this book uh, is you know normally I try to get like pretty niche like on who I'd recommend it to. This is just good comic book, man. This is fun yeah. storytelling. I just good. I, if you like good stories or like weird stuff, like it's, it's not weird that like you have to be into weird stuff. It reads like a road trip story. I think you can give this to pretty much anyone who's not like a prude because there is not. I don't want to say prude, but language and gore are issues in this. So if I wouldn't give it to like my mother to read, but like, there's a there's like a bloodhound that kills a lion with a sword. Yeah, that's or a tiger. When you say that, it makes me want to recommend it to more people. Like there's a bloodhound right? <laughs> that kills a tiger with a sword. With a sword. Uh, so so you, if for nothing else, check it out for the bloodhound who kills uh, a tiger with a sword. Um, that should be on the cover too. Uh, inside, bloodhound kills tiger with sword. Also bites into a, a, a pigeon. Yeah. Also kills. Numerous kills angry animals. pigeon. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I really, I really did dig it. I would, I would, I would recommend it to anybody who wants a good road trip story. I, I really enjoyed it. So Travis Rats, the people who like the podcast, they should go onto their podcast, whatever they listen to it on. Give us a good rating. If you're on the iTunes, give us a four or a five. I'm not going to ask for a five because that's that's presumptuous. Yeah. Uh, but if you give us a four, I'll be a, I'll be a I'll, I'll be a pal of yours. I'll be a, you can be a podcast pal. Yeah. Uh, you can I find get, all. I get of, suspicious of podcasts who have all fives. I'm like, what? What's yeah. are you paying someone for these? Right. Because you no one's a five. Yeah. Very. You, the five is a place you visit. It's not a place you live. You know. Yeah. Some podcasts like say like give us five stars, but then roast us in the comments. And I'm like, no. I don't want to give you a homework assignment. Just click. Yeah. Click four or five just stars. A, just click four or five. It's fine. Four is five. I'll take a four. You know what? I'm going to say, go ahead. Let's, you know what? Give us a five. Okay. You can do that. I'm like, so like we get evaluated as teachers and I'm always like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about giving me highly effective. Just mark them all effective and I'm fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't need, I don't need the highly effective. And then stay out of my way. Yeah. Let me teach. So uh, you can find all our old episodes. They should be up on the iTunes or on Google play or wherever you get your podcasts at, or you can dig through the archives on, uh, on the old website, www.comicexposure.com. I recently uh, threw up some throwback Thursday ones on our Twitter. So I, Ooh. I directed people to go listen to our Frank Miller uh, Daredevil one because it oh, came classic. up. It was like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. however many years ago it came up for me. And then uh, I also, because it's con season, con season is back in the works. I sent people to go listen to our live episode of Saga Volume 1 that we did at Phoenix Comic Con, which is now Phoenix Fan Fusion Festival of Lights. Uh, so you can, you, you can go back and check all of our old episodes. Pick a month and a year and just check out what we what we talked about. There's a ton of good books that, that we've done over the time honestly, that you can it, honestly, even listen to. It's a great website to go to if uh, you're like, oh, I, I you know how like you kind of binge everything. You're like, what show should I watch next? If you go to that website, I mean, there's like 80 trades on there that are all like we have very few that we just 
downright usually like, I would not read that again um, early on you and i would read something even if we didn't like it we'd put it on the show but now you and i are a little more like yeah we shouldn't talk about that one yeah right like no one wants to spend i don't want to spend uh an hour talking to you about how i don't like something so uh <laughs> yeah. like we usually if we don't like something we don't normally do a show on it so most of the stuff that's on there is stuff that we enjoyed so i definitely would say like go ahead and uh give it a listen uh, you can uh, find our old podcast there. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. Uh, Travis rarely uses the social media, uh, so you're not going to find him anywhere. Uh, he's an enigma wrapped in a puzzle uh, placed inside a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but that- you should check out the website and you can find uh you want some comic exposure swag you can go to threadless.com or is it comic exposure dot thread no threadless.com slash comic exposure yeah so uh threadless.com slash comic exposure you can find uh you know a design up there you can get a t-shirt you can get a tote bag you could get a coffee mug a shower curtain a pillowcase uh, uh I, think we, I think we no actually, i don't i think we only have uh shirts yeah coffee mugs and tote, tote and available. tote bags yeah, so you can go check that out, get some stuff, support the local scene. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. What's our next book, Travis? Do you know what our next book is? Uh, no, we're, I, I, I think they sent my Sarah box set of single issues, uh, ground mail, which means they're going to be on uh, ship. So I don't know when they're going to get here. So we got okay. to come up with a new list, brother. We do. We're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to scribble together some books for you guys. Uh, I think there's a couple things that I've ran across that I'm like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to check that out. So uh, take, keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll throw up what books we're going to read. Um, keep an eye out. The next episode will most likely be a uh, a very edition where Travis and I uh, talk. Probably Avengers. Uh, it's a big or... month. It's a big month for a comic right. book medium. Uh, I've already seen Shazam. That's in the bank. I'm ready to talk about that. Uh, I saw Captain Marvel. We never talked about. We're kind of getting late for talking about that, but yeah, we can mention yeah. it. Uh, then we got Hellboy. Avengers is coming up. Hellboy, Hellboy is coming up. up. Yeah, it's is a, Hellboy it's... next weekend? I uh, I think so. It's not playing here next weekend, but I think it might be coming out there in like a week or two. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so lots of stuff coming up that we're going to be able to chat about. Uh, and it is con season, so I'm sure we'll talk about uh, kind of what what's going on in the in the in the comic book scene. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you next week.